everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Cold Progression Podcast. But the MSOTD rocks or rock and metal thrive. Wishing you guys a happy Thursday. It is October 15th. This is actually my dog's birthday. My old dog's birthday. Well, happy birthday, Kirby. But I've got an incredible episode for you guys today. So this band is out of Brazil, and they have toured with many, many great bands like System of a Down, Foo Fighters, Queens of the Stone Age, with Intemptation, Shinedown. They were going to be touring with Greta Van Fleet and Metallica. They're going to be on the Danny Weaver Presents Festival for 2020. But COVID happened. So hopefully this is going to be in 2021. But, I mean... You guys are in for an incredible podcast where not only do we talk about the music, not only do we talk about their history, but man, do we talk about the psychology of music and really get deep with it. I mean, we get so deep with it. It is insane. So if you guys are loving this, let me know because, oh God, I had so much fun on this one. So please welcome the band Ego Kill Talent. Theo, are you guys ready? Let's go. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, you guys keep hearing me talk about this guy, Tim, that helped me schedule a band called Kill the Lights. Well, he's found me a good amount of other ones, such as Joyous Wolf, such as Simon McBride and Saul, and well, we got another great one for you. So coming to you from Brazil with hard rock and heavy metal, please welcome Theo from the band Ego Kill Talent. So Theo, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. What's up, Kevin? Thanks for having me, man. Hey, thanks for being on. I know that first time we tried doing this, it was a little bit of a snafu, but hey, second time's a charm. Yep. It's working now. It's working now. So, woohoo! I've had some other crazy ones where all of a sudden, like the first time we tried it, like, you know, sometimes someone got missed. Sometimes I've had one where the audio didn't work. Sometimes I almost had one where someone's phone blew up on them because it was overheating. Oh. Yeah, I've had a lot of wacky things happen out here. <laughs> So I want to start out with this because I haven't done this in a little bit, but I always love doing this. So Theo, what I want you to do is I want you to introduce yourself with who you are, what you do in the band, and then we're going all like old school, like a little fun fact about yourself. Like, And I want it to be the craziest thing you can think of because I've heard people give me their old YouTube channels and talk about like being a famous YouTuber in Sweden. I've heard people get the best one I've heard was people gave me their Tinder bios. A whole band gave me their Tinder bios. It was the most ridiculous thing ever. So if you can top that, I've heard some other ones too, but the Tinder bio one always sticks out in my head. So if you can top that, go for it. Okay. I don't know if I can top that, but uh, my name is Theo Vanderloo. Uh, I play guitar and bass on the band. Um, we might talk about this here later, but we, we kind of sweep instruments. I mean, some, some we swap instruments, sorry, some songs that play guitar, some songs that play bass. And I also write uh, lyrics in the band. And... Yeah, fun fact about me. Hmm. Let me think. Put you on the uh, spot here today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you really it's it's hard to top that, but huh. I well, man, it's not it's not fun, but maybe maybe it's like something curious, you know. I really like meditate. I meditate a lot, like 2 to 3 times a day, and I just sit in silence for like 30 40 minutes and it's a trip. It is a trip. I got to tell you, man, it's like our minds, it's, it's the craziest trip you can get. It's, it's in your mind. It's crazy. I mean, literally I've, I've done like, uh, mushrooms. I've done, um, I mean, I like alcohol. I like 
vodka, you know, I like hemp once in a while, but meditating, it's the shit. So one thing that I can tell is like, you know, let me put it like this. I'm, I'm going to put it like this. In the beginning of this uh, quarantine situation, uh, I had this friend of mine telling me about microdosing mushrooms, which is, uh, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. I mean, it, you know what? Put on YouTube. Uh, first of all, if you get mushroom trips on YouTube, it's so interesting because people from all around the world, they have, they have similar trips and, and with, I mean, from different backgrounds, different cultures, different religions, and they have some, like, some very similar feelings. And now there is this thing called microdosing that, that you just take a microdose and, and, and it's supposed to, to make you sharper, you know, and have a bunch of benefits. So this friend of mine, it's actually his, his uh, farming mushrooms. And, and he gave me some and he said, you know, try microdosing for, you know, while we are in the quarantine. I think this is, this is interesting. And I did. I did for like, you're supposed to take one day and two days off. And I did that for like almost two months. And, and it's interesting. But to tell you the truth, meditating, I've been meditating for years now, but during the quarantine, I'm just like, I just made it longer periods of time. And it's, it's changing something, man. It's changing something in here. And it's crazy. So it's not a fun fact, but it's like maybe a curious fact. That, that is a curious fact, especially for someone like myself, because I really don't meditate at all. Like my, my time to, for me to clear my head and just like not really focus on anything is when I go to the gym and I'm and I'm on the treadmill for like 50 minutes or I'm on the bike for an hour. Just but then again, I'll say but then again, I'm also just blasting music in my ears at the same time, too, because it's just so easy to get lost in that as well. So I don't think I get it. Some, I, like, I get a little bit of that, but I don't get it nearly as intense as you do. So that is interesting. I might have to try that because I do not meditate at all. Really, oh, with yeah, that. try it. Oh, look, I'm, maybe maybe we are alike on that sense, because, for instance, when I'm nervous for anything and it can be like I might be anxious with something or I might be pissed off with something. I mean, for me, it's, for me, it's really walking and then, oh, they're my dogs. I told you they might run, run around, right? That's so, okay. Uh, yeah, they might just, you know, I have two border collies and one Shih Tzu. And so they might, they might, they might appear at some point. But uh, going back to the exercise. So what, whenever I have a lot of energy in my body and it can be like from anxiety or because I'm pissed with something, I mean, walking and, and running and going to the gym, that really helps me. It, it feels like there's an energy inside. And I, I'm, I'm a really anxious guy. You know, I mean, I, my mind is like all the time working. So for me, it feels like when I do exercises, it's a way to put this energy out and not letting it come to my mind, you know. So I did that too, what you said. I do the same. I just put music, love going to the gym and, you know, and really helps. But when you're talking about meditation, then it's a deeper thing, man. Because, I mean, for instance, it's not easy because whenever you... I think that's pretty crazy. If I say to you, sit in silence for five minutes, it's going to be hard. And I think just the fact that it's hard for when I tell you, just be quiet and chill and in peace for five minutes, and that's hard... I feel like there's something there that it's worth exploring because why is it hard? It's not supposed to be hard just to be with yourself for five minutes. And it's like a Pandora box. Once you start going, and I remember when I started meditating, I mean, five minutes were like 
more like eternity. I just I was like, I, I want this to end because your mind is already on the next thing you got to do. But as you get into the zone, sometimes you just go like, you know what? I'm going to do an hour now because I just, I just feel like it. I just want to get to that, to that place where you realize that things are not that important as you think. You know, so it's a trip. It's a trip. And, and to think about it for other people too is just so for someone like myself. So if I was going to start meditating and to try and do five minutes in complete silence and just focus, just try and meditate, those five minutes are going to seem like an attorney and it's going to be hard just due to the fact that I've never done it before. I'm so used to when I when nothing else is going around. If I'm just sitting there in complete silence, the only usually the only thing going on outside of that is like listening to Rise Against or something like that. Yeah. But but. But to think about it too, it's I go to the gym all the time. I'm I'm running like t- like the, today when we shot this. I woke up early in the morning and I was on the bike for an hour. I rode 22 miles just straight, just. But the fact of the matter is, is for me that's not as hard as it used to be due to the fact that I've done it so many times. Yeah, I've, exactly. I've built up to it. So for me to meditate for five minutes, it's gonna be tough. But it's, and- thing, but it's the same thing, man. It is the same thing. In the beginning, it's harder, but as you push, and it's funny because I think that. I the reason I start doing this and I, look I've been I've always been a guy who is looking for peace of mind like always since I was a kid I'm like very curious about many different religions and what's going on here why are we here you know who am I really what's going on in this crazy you know physical universe so I, I've, I've always been really curious about all this stuff I always liked science because of that right so the reason I started, you know, practicing meditation was because I was cu- I was curious to to try to, you know, is it something that that I that we don't know about? You know, when you look at all those sages and 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 Buddhist monks, and you just know they are in peace, man. And and you read some stuff that those like old Chinese monks they just say a phrase that you go like, holy shit, this blew my mind away. Where, where did that come from? And then they go like, it came from like my my mind there is one with yours so you just go like you know i think my point is it starts out of curiosity mixed with trying to find some peace of mind and balance in life but you need to have some discipline like you said like first time you, you ride a bike or you ran on a treadmill you couldn't really do an hour and now you can so it's exactly the same and it's crazy because we have a resistance. We are we have a resistance. We are resistant to 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 go to that place. And I, I don't know why. I have I have some some theories, but the thing is, I and that happened to me so many times. Like let's say I always I set my alarm in the morning. Uh, whenever I need, whenever I have the first thing I got to do, I just I just do like the math of okay, I need to work. I, I need to wake up like an hour earlier than I'm used to because I want to meditate or okay tonight uh, tomorrow I can sleep one hour more because I mean, now I have an easy morning but I always look to that period in the morning when I'll meditate right I, I plan my sleeping around it and it's funny because many many times I would say very often when I wake up I'm like what the fuck am I doing why am why am I doing this you know just because I want to meditate I don't need to do this shit but I just kind of push myself through it right and then i just sit down with the way i do it i i can i can i can point to some names like on youtube they're really good to for meditation like guided meditation but then i sit down and when i start i i my mind is still like what am i doing i should go back to sleep or i'm like should i just go and have a coffee you know but i push i push through it and man once you start 
it's funny. You're like, why, why was I so resistant? Because this has been so good to me. And it's just crazy that we do have a part of ourselves that we don't want to be in peace. We want the mass, you know, it's crazy, man, but it's true. Well, I think one thing behind that too is that I can kind of attest to this from a personal standpoint was why I think people are kind of afraid to do that and really go deep into their minds. And now we're getting all psychological with this stuff. This is awesome. So it's because it's not, it's not only they're afraid what they're going to find, but it's also, it's just, they don't want to just realize essentially what's going on. They, they're too scared to figure out what it is because it might prove to them that something's not right and they have to change it and they don't want it. They're resistant to change. That's yeah. human nature. And where I can go with that is, is going back to middle of 2017 where all of a sudden, like for me, it was in my mind, my mind destroyed itself where my life was falling apart. Cause all of a sudden I had been out of co- I just got out of college. Um, I was working a job that I absolutely hated as a temp and I, it was like every single day I went in there, it was, I could get hired on, I could get fired, but they're not telling me anything until they like the bitter end of a decision. And like, because it was something where, okay, we're well, going to be here from February to through the beginning of May. And then after the beginning of May, all of a sudden they weren't saying anything, but I still had to come in every single day. So I kept wondering what the hell's going on. I actually didn't figure out what was going on until the end of December. So it was, I went almost a whole year. The girl I've been with, we broke up at that, uh, like the end of June and just me realizing everything that happened, just uh, my mind basically destroyed itself. And to the point where things weren't going well, I was depressed. But the biggest thing that was a problem was I even had, uh, had suicidal tendencies too. But the biggest problem was I wasn't sleeping. Like I couldn't mm-hmm. sleep because I try and go to bed and all of a sudden my mind was just running consistently. And I was trying, and the, what really happened to me was, I went to a doctor just to see what the hell was going on. Like, hey, is it something that's physical or something that's mental? And it's like, well, it's definitely not physical because physically you're fine. Perfect. Now I know it's mental. And the doctor just threw sleeping pills at me. He's like, here's an antidepressant. Here's a sleep pill. This will make you feel better. I'm like, this isn't going to make me feel better because it's going to change up my brain chemistry completely to the point where I'm not going to basically function like myself anymore. I'm just going to be kind of there. It's like, no, this is going to work. And then I... My, my thought process there was, I have to figure out what's causing this and how to turn this around. And the, so I don't, so not only that, like, I don't have to go on these pills, but then I can turn it on for myself and then I'm better off for it in the long run. So figuring out was a lot of the things that I'd been thinking about, a lot of the things that I experienced in life, I still had connected to these events and to these people. And so there was always like that kind of like trauma for you. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of in a way. So one thing I had to do was in my mind was, all right, let's find a way to take them back. Let's put positive, let's put that positivity back into it. And the biggest one I had to do first was I had to take my favorite band back because mm-hmm. I, I met her at a rise against concert. So I'm like, okay, I got to find a way to take rise against back. Cause I didn't want to listen to a lot of their music. I didn't want to listen to anything outside of the wolves album because it had just come out. So I didn't have any negative content, kind of t- anything negative attached to that yet. So I still had a piece of it. But I was trying to figure out, I got to get back to the, I got to get back. I got to bring that back. So I had positive things. And then, cause that was always music that made me feel like myself. What I did was I found their playing a show and I went by myself, didn't invite anybody and none of my friends, nobody went all by myself. And I remember, um, they were, they were, they were headlining there on one stage, but then right before them on a different stage was stone sour and everyone was overseeing stone sour. But I stayed all the way on the other stage so I could get as close as possible to watch Rise Against. That's all I cared about. And all of a sudden, the show gets going, 
And I'm starting to just forget about everything that was wrong in my life at that point. I was forgetting everything and I was just enjoying it once again. Then I got thrown to my first mosh pit at that show and I got leveled. And I mean leveled right away. Afterwards, at that moment, I just thought I took him back. Like the positive, the positive thoughts are back for rise again. So it's like, I just got to keep doing something like this. I got to keep taking everything back for myself and adding the positivity back to it. As I started doing that, boom, I started sleeping more. I started not caring about that as much. I started thinking about new things. And then all of a sudden I thought, Hey, I got to find a way to make, I make sure I do this forever now. Like always have something positive to go back to. But that's really interesting. You know, I, I study psychology in university. Uh, I didn't graduate. I did like almost all the way. I, I, I left university in like the, the, the last semester because I just had to move and the music, the, the music in my life was kind of taking over and then I just went for it. But and what you did is so interesting because um, the way our minds work, it's very much uh, our brains, they, they, the way they operate is they try to attach meaning to everything that happens in your life and everything you see. Like when you look at something, your brain compares to everything you already saw in your life to define, okay, this is a chair, for instance. So it's crazy. But when you look to a chair, your brain compares with, your, your brain compares with uh, airplanes, cars, persons, until it, and it came to the conclusion is a chair. Uh, so the way the brain is wired, it's like we we connect the dots. The brain is always connecting the dots and trying to get to conclusions. So if you are attaching your experiences to a bad memory or to a bad feeling, that's how your brain is going to look at it. That's why, you know, that's how trauma works. And, and that's how everything in life works. Like if you, if you were, I don't know, some people who have terrible memories from the COVID times and they're going to attach some experience to it and they might hate it for the rest of their lives. But it's just their brains. Oh, my God. It's just their brains trying to make sense, you know, and trying and trying to connect things. So what you did is, is you, you kind of reprogrammed your own brain. That's what you did. I mean, you really went for it. And it's interesting because you found, you found a way to do it. And this is so powerful because most of us, we think we don't have power over our lives. And what you did, you were like, hell with that. You know, I will, yeah. I will like, you know, that's what you did. And this is really, I mean, this is called being resilient. And I've, I'm telling you, man, most of the people are not. And this is really sad, actually, because as you've proven, it's doable. You can do it, you know, but it's uh, you got you got to push yourself. And it's not easy either, because I still remember just going back to that time, because, again, favorite band, Rising's favorite song of all time is Savior. And that song is all about going through a breakup. So just going through that at that moment and just completely having it just might let my mind destroy that whole aspect of it. Like I didn't want to listen to my favorite song at all, and that's that's horrible yeah. due to the fact that I had so much positive meaning attached to it. So many great concert memories, so many great memories of like when I first heard it because I just had started high school, and every day we'd go to high like school with it was like five of us that would drive there, either on the way there or on the way back. We would hear it on the radio at least once. It was the weirdest thing, and everyone always wanted like, oh, we have to hear the song again, and I wouldn't let them change it because I just enjoyed the song so much. I that just kept. Snow like snowballing into something where I just cannot stop listening to the band. I I I love it, and then all of a sudden now I don't want to listen to it due to the fact that I have this negative 
additive to it, but everything else is positive. But that negative thing is just taking so much more precedent. So the only, I have to, I have to get that back because of how much positivity it has meant to me. So now I listen to it and it's just all the positiveness is right back in there. Right. I can do do sometimes do those negative things kind of come in. Yeah. But the fact of the matter that I completely reprogram my brain, I take a look at those things in a different light. Like they don't affect, they don't, it's not something that's controlling. It's something where I remember what was, but I also remember the process to get from there to where I am now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's it. I mean, you, you did, uh, you, you, you managed to attach the new meaning to it, you know, and, and, and this is really interesting because it makes you realize that you have the power to, to, for that. I mean, it's up to you. Because listen, you could also have gone the other way. You could have like, you know what? I won't listen to this song anymore. You know, I just, I'm just gonna, you know, keep keep with that vibe. And if you did that to this day, you probably would still feel bad anytime you listen to that song. Every, I mean, every single time you listen to that band, you would go to that place. And now, now it's gone. Right. So it's uh, it's really interesting. But I have a story about uh, because you mentioned Stone Sour. Yeah. So I have I have a story that relates to it. Uh, go, going back to 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 cause not not going back, but going to music because I haven't speak about the band yet. Yeah. We're, um, about, like, we're about 20 minutes and we haven't spoken about the band yet. But this is what yeah. happens. But so, but continue on. I need to hear the yeah. story. No, but that's great. That's great. I like that. Uh, it's, I just remember because we were just at the Foo Fighters studio recording our album last year. We recorded the last album at uh, 606 and we were there for almost two months on a row, like, like every single day. And it was amazing. So there was this one song that, that we felt like it would be, would be cool to start with a drum machine, like, like from the nineties or the eighties, something like that. And then the producer goes like Steve Abbott's his name. And he goes like, okay, I think we, we, we should try to get a, a drum machine for that song for the beginning. And I mean, at 606, they have everything you can imagine. But they did not have that drum machine that he, they, they did have one, but it wasn't the one that he was looking for. And he was like, okay, I have a friend who might have it. And I said, okay, cool. And then he called, we were at the studio there, right? And then he called his friend and he goes like, okay, he's, he's coming tomorrow. And okay, so tomorrow we do that. So we just went to do something else, right, on the song. And then we were working on the song, went to sleep. And then in the following morning, Steve goes like, okay, my friend is coming. He's arriving like an hour with his drum machine. And when his friends arrives, it was Roy Mayorga, the drummer of Stone Sour. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. And then he spent the day there with us. And he did, actually, he programmed that, the, the drum machine. So he's in the he's in the album. He's there, you know. He did that, and and it's really funny because uh, Jean, uh, who is he's one of the drummers in Eagle Q Talent. We have two drummers because, as I told you, we change instruments, so uh, we rotate. So Jean plays drums too, and Jean played on Sepultura for, which is this big metal Brazilian band. He played in Sepultura for like seven years, and. Because the original drummer of Sepultura was Igor, right? So Igor left. And before Jean, who is an Igor Q talent now, before he joined Sepultura, Roy Mayorga played in Sepultura for like, he did a couple tours. And then Jean joined. And then, and then Roy joined Stone Sour and Jean joined Sepultura. And then you fast forward some years, Jean left Sepultura and he called me and we started Igor Q talent. 
but it's just crazy. You know, you mentioned Stone Sour and I remember the story. And Roy, is a, he's the best. He's an amazing guy. He's really, really cool. Well, that's what happens when you talk about music too, just because there's so many different just experiences that people have with so many different bands that eventually what's going to happen is, is you bring up just an experience that you had with a certain band and yeah. someone else is going to have an experience with that band. It could be completely different, but it's just, it just is a testament to just how integrated the music community is and just how much it's like a family. Cause I've got this, I've got one for you now. Cause this is interesting. It's just something that happened with this podcast. Cause there was an episode I did with a band. They're out of California called Amir hollow. And we did episode was like two hours, but like halfway through the episode, their producer came in and we'll talk for this like 20, 25 minutes. And it was just like, it went from talking about music to just like the funniest thing we've I've ever done on a podcast. Cause it was just the most random references, the most, like the crazy things we could think of. We talked about um, introducing an Amish community to music through the Woodstock 99 soundtrack, which was just, I couldn't, I just found that absolutely hilarious. And we were going through and we were just going through. It was a great episode. All of a sudden, a couple uh, a couple weeks ago, I released the episode and all of a sudden I see the band start putting stuff about it. The members start putting stuff out about it. And all they're doing is talking about the like the producer. I'm like, OK, that was like the funnest part. That's the part I made about it. And then I seen the hashtag R.I.P. And I'm thinking, wait, wait, what? So I look and unfortunately, the producer had passed away a couple days before I released the episode. Oh, really? So, yeah, so I'm thinking, and I didn't, and I had no idea. I did not make any mention of it. So I kind of felt like, like this sucks, but I should have made a mention of it. I was kind of feeling down about it. And it really started hitting me just in a different way. But what I started seeing was after I looked into it, just how many people in the, in like just it, around music, especially around the, that like Los Angeles scene, were just gravitating towards every, like everyone's just gravitating towards this and just really just letting all their emotions out. But, also, when the band posted the podcast episode and it was the one minute preview video I had and I sent them was with their producer, just us having a blast. And it was just yeah. absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Everyone was just like, where can we find this? Where can we find this? Because this was something they had no idea was coming. Mm-hmm. They had no idea that that he recorded a podcast that wasn't released yet and came out just following the whatever happened. Because I don't I don't know what happened. And I didn't ask just because I didn't know what I just want to be like, oh, what happened? Just to kind of talk about i was like no nah, let's just leave it th- leave it at that but people are just like it's so it's so great we can hear his voice one more time we can hear his laugh one more time we can see that energy just one more time with something completely new that we didn't know existed and like i was wow, kind of just that was really cool man it was just cool that i got to actually give that to them even though we did we record the podcast earlier in september i released it like middle of late september and it's just it was the plan to release it at that time i didn't change up anything it just kind of happened that way but it was just something I could give to people, especially everyone in that kind of realm in that music community in LA where it's just everyone knew this guy. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden it's like he's gone. But here's something that you guys didn't know he did beforehand. And it's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. I will look at it. I'll look for it. I'll check it out. Yeah, because his name was, I think his name was, his name was Gus. I can't remember what his last name was, but. The what the guy that I the band they sent me a picture on the on the Viper Room Club in LA they had uh they had on the marquee, oh. for, it was like rest it was like re, I think it was rest in peace Gus I can't remember the last, his last name but I just saw them like when I saw that it was just that was another level to just how connect like how influential this guy was to so many people yeah how many people like him yeah and that but but the reason I bring that up is just because of how connected everyone is in the music scene and how everyone. It's like everyone always it's like if if someone treats you well, your people are going to know about it. And if someone is a really good person, the 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 word's going to spread 
like wildfire. Yeah, this is in life. That's something to to care with you in life. I mean, everything is connected, and and yeah, you you get what you give, man. That's that's really true. I really believe in that. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. So um. How about we actually jump onto the music at this point because we're about like almost a half hour in and I haven't even mentioned the fact that you guys make some kick-ass music. So let's put it out that way. You guys make some kick-ass music. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Thank you. So like, so like, what do you got basically kind of to the point where what all, what does all happen? Because you guys, it seems like when I look through the history, you guys started this band relatively recently in terms of scope yeah. of overall timeline. Yeah, well, uh, as as I was telling you, Jean used to play drums in Sepultura, and then and then he left the band. He played in Sepultura for seven years, and we I already knew Sepultura, I knew the Sepultura guys because I used to have another band, and we supported Sepultura in, in a few shows in Europe and also in Brazil. And and then when he left, we had some friends in common, and I was living in São Paulo, but I'm from Rio, and Jean was also living. In São Paulo, but he's from Belo Horizonte, who's in another state here in Brazil. So he called me, and we had this thing in common that none of us were from São Paulo, but we were both living in São Paulo, right? So he called me, and he was like, "Yeah, man, you want to grab a coffee, you know?" And then we went, we went for a coffee, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I'm leaving Sepultura. I'm not sure if I'm going back to my hometown or if I'm going to stay here. I might start a studio." And he was like, well, "What are you? What, what are you up to?" And I was like, "Man, I was on that at that point. I was kind of in the show business. I was a, a festival promoter, promoting music festivals, and I really wasn't happy doing that. I mean, it was like too much stress. And what I really loved doing is playing music, and I wasn't doing that at all for like five years. So I told him that I was like, "Man, I haven't I haven't played touched my guitar in like five years." And he's like, are you crazy, man? Let's just jam. So like, I think literally like in the next four days or something, we just went for jamming and we kind of liked what we were writing. Like, just like, not really, even like really writing. We're just like jamming, you know, and the vibe of what was coming, we were liking. And, and then we invited a friend to play guitar and another one to play bass. And then we just, you know, we just started to, to develop the ideas. And then what happened was uh, John Bomayan from System of a Down, he, he's a good friend of mine. And actually, I know very well him and Serge. And because, because when I used to be a festival promoter, I never had System of a Down playing in any of my festivals, but I knew their manager quite well. So I remember actually, I remember System of a Down came to play with, uh, with, for Rock and Reel. And, and back, back when they came, we were, I was, my festival was com competing against Rock and Rio. So okay. it was an interesting situation because System of a Down came to play on my like m biggest competitor, but I connected to them and we became really, really friends. To this day, I speak with Serge and John like, I, I don't know, every, every two weeks or something. So like, like we became real friends. So then this, we are talking, I mean, I met them back in 2016 or 15, something like that. So anyway, so we were jamming uh, and then John from System, he, he came to Brazil to, 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 I think he had some holiday in the US and he had, he had nothing to do there. And I was like, you know, come here, we can go to a nice beach, you know, and hang, you know, or something. I mean, he just came for a hangout, really. So he came and... 
I picked him in his hotel. He was staying in a hotel like near my dad's house, actually. So it was like, I got news for you. And he was like, what? I said, I have a band. He said, really? You have a band? He didn't even know I played guitars. Yes, I have a band. <laughs> and we are, we are heading to a studio. I'm going to show you. And he was, he was a little freaked out because he was like, man, if this is shit, I will tell you right in front of your friends. I was like, I don't care. Just give me, just give me what you really think about it. Right. So we came to the studio and we, everything was already set up. So we played for him like three songs and John was like, man, I think you got something good here. And I was like, we, I know John, John, he doesn't kiss ass, man. He's like, if, if it was bad, he was go, I think this is shit. And that's it. So when he goes and he say, I think, I think you have good music here. I think you guys, you should, you know, you should move forward. We didn't have a singer at that moment. And he was like, I think you should take this seriously. I think you guys are doing some good music. And that for us, for us was a big injection of, you know, excitement because we're like, okay, I mean, System of a Down is a festival headliner anywhere in the planet. They are like, they are a huge band anywhere you go. So we were like, okay, so if, 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 if someone from, from, like from, from, from such a big band, if he's saying that what we are doing makes sense and it's, it's, it's not, because at that point we were like, okay, are we doing good music or we are, just in, are we just in love with what we are doing? You know, I mean, at some point you got to be, you know, like really realistic. Is this good or... And we, I remember we, we hadn't showed to anyone else. He was, I think he was the first one to listen to it. And then we felt like, okay, so it's, it's not just, we are not tripping. This is good. And from that, we decided to, to, to we didn't have it. Like I told you, we didn't have a singer back then. So we just invited Jonathan to sing because I, I knew him like quite what for like 15 years. And we started a band. That was how like the band really started. So Basically, to make a long story short, we, we recorded an EP, and the first song we released got uh, top 50 viral in Spotify Brazil, UK, uh, France, and Portugal, if I'm not wrong. Oh, like wow. the, first, the first single we released. And we were really, really excited with that. And then we decided to record the, the full album, and we released the full album in 2017. And... And I mean, from that, from that to here, it's been really fun. I mean, we, we, we did so many great stuff, man. We played Lollapalooza Brazil two times, Lollapalooza Chile. We played Download Festival in Paris. We did some shows with System of a Down in Europe. And we toured with the Foo Fighters um, in Latin America. I mean, we did a bunch of cool stuff. It's been really, really fun. It's like, it's the best you can get, man. I, I'm having a blast, except for the pandemic. Yeah, everyone's having a. I was having a blast for the pandemic, but when I was taking a look at like kind of the his, history behind the band, just kind of seeing what you played, and I did see Lollapalooza Chile, Lollapalooza Brazil. So you toured alongside Landmark. I saw you toured alongside Foo Fighters and Queens of the Stone Age, which at that point I'm just like, huh. Yeah. I saw with Europe was System of Down. I believe I saw Shine Down in there as well, yes. which of course yeah. I'm just thinking like you got to be kidding me. I saw you guys played Rock and Ring, Rock and Park, Download Fest, tour Europe with Within Temptation. I'm just like, and how. Like this is, and it seemed like it was all like within like the span of like a year or two. I'm just like, that is absolutely insane. Yeah, it is, man. We did all that in like in in a window of two years or something. It was insane. It was like, and it, it was it's crazy because it was a moment in my life that I was like, yeah, you know, I tried being a musician. It didn't work for me, and I was fine with it. 
And then we start this new band and just start jamming and writing songs and things start happening. And if you ask me, how did that happen? I'm almost like, I don't know, man. We just did music. We just did the music we like and, and things start to flow and we just go with the flow. We really just go with the flow, you know? And it's, it's I mean, it's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. And I, I, as I was telling you, we were supposed to tour with Metallica this year. We were, actually, it was Metallica and Greta Van Fleet, five stadiums in South America. And then yeah. that got canceled nice. because of COVID. Fucking COVID. So, Screwing up everything, man. Ah, man, yeah. It's fucking, I can't wait for this to go away, man. Yeah, because I remember you mentioned earlier, but I not think about it. I do remember seeing you on the uh, posters for like the Danny Wimmer Presents Festival here. So it's like, we're talking Aftershock, Louder Than Life, Welcome to Rockville, Sonic Temple, and then yeah, Epicenter. Yeah, we were playing all that. We were supposed to play all that. And got pushed. The only yeah, thing I, I don't... I'll say the only thing I'm not the biggest fan about the Danny Wimmer Presents Festival is the closest one to me is like six, seven hours away. So... Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, so usually like the ones that I go, I would go to, it's like Rock USA, Rock Fest, just because they're uh, Riot Fest as well, just because they're all around me and it's just easier to get to. But that's just me. I was I want to go to Sonic or uh, Louder Than Life just because that's the biggest one out of all of them, and it just always has the best lineup. So I, I seemed like the most fun. I was gonna see if I could make it this year if it wasn't if I didn't go over to Europe because I want to go over around this time. But still, man, like just being on all those different like being on all those different festivals not that but just like touring with different bands that you had tour like you're gonna tour with Greta Van Fleet and Metallica it around uh was that around Latin America yeah it was supposed to be in March in Latin America and then it got pushed for December but I'm sure they're gonna be gonna move again they hope- haven't moved yet but they will I'm sure I am. Uh, yeah. And then you say you potentially uh, also had dates with System of a Down. And now yes. I know why. And now I know why you would have dates with System of a Down because of how close you got with the guys. Yeah. yeah. And they are, man, they are really cool. We can, I mean, since the beginning, they, they were supporting us and, and embracing John. We recorded a song with John and at, at 606. And I mean, his, he was like, really important in the conception of the band because it was like really pushing and it was like i don't care man just go for it believe in it and do it you know and and, and surge the same i mean surge since the beginning was like really you know loving towards everything we do and supportive so yeah we were supposed to do five arenas arenas with them in in europe i think it was holland i think there was russia there was man spain berlin it was yeah, man. <sighs> sucks. It, it sucks, but hopefully once 2021 comes around, it's just like everything just gets pushed back one year, so you get to do all that stuff next year. I mean, that's that's what the real hope is. But one thing I have to say about this is, again, taking a look at the bands that you toured with, with Who Fires, Queen of Stone Age, you've done dates with Sit Down, done dates with Shine Down, done dates with Within Temptation, and then supposed to do dates with Metallica, and then yeah. System of Down again. Just taking a look at this is, even if p- for people who haven't heard your music yet, just to take a look at the bands that have had you on tour with them. And then all, cause that also bases like giving you their seal of approval. Yeah. And then also with system of down explicitly giving you their seal of approval, working with Serge, working with John. I mean that, that says enough in itself that if you got, if people haven't checked out Ego kill talent yet, they have to. Thank you, man. Yeah. Do it guys. Check it out. And we, we are happy, man. We are on the U S rock radio charts. Uh, for five weeks now, and which is crazy for us because we've never played the U.S. We've never toured the U.S. I mean, all those tours you were mentioning, they were either in Latin America 
or in Europe. So we never play the U.S. And just the fact that we are in the charts, we are we are really happy with it, and we can't wait for this pandemic to go away so we can finally go and tour there. Man. Yeah, and like you mentioned, Shine Down, they were the best with us, man. We toured with them in Europe. I think we did like uh, like nine or ten shows together, and they were super cool to us everyone in the band they were just the best and we were looking for doing shows with them in the u.s as well but yeah maybe maybe in 2021 or 2022 let's see i feel like with everything you have in 2021 i feel like if you're gonna try to do stuff with shine down that might have to get pushed back to 2022 just based on logistics yeah yeah true i don't know i don't know if we're gonna have tours until the middle of next year i don't know man it's just it's it it feels too too insecure. I don't th- I, I don't see tours without a vaccine. It's like I don't think people would be like like confident enough to go out. You know, and that's understandable. It's a, it's yeah. it's 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 just so weird, especially with being like with being from the U.S. as well. Just talking with other people from around the world, where it's with here, everything just got so politicized so fast that it's just. I, like everyone's got a feeling it's going to be over by the end of this year, just due to the fact that we've got an election coming up here at the beginning of November. And then like, once that's over, it's like, okay, it's just going to end up dissipating after that kind of thing. Or they're going to find a vaccine like magically a couple days afterwards. It's crazy. I, I saw something on Instagram today. They were saying, why is everybody believing that COVID ends in 2020? Like, like 31 December, 20, December 31st, the last day of COVID. Who told you that? Right. It's like it's just that belief and we don't really know. It's like we don't really know. It's 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 kind of like just the hope. It's because hope is a really strong thing and just belief is a really strong thing. So it just keeps people going, especially like in the time, like in times of absolute horror and travesty. It's just the hope that things get better. It's just the drive that keeps people going, especially in hard times. There's a talk. Here we go. Talking about psychology again. Yeah, that is. There we go. <laughs> in the end, it's all about that, man. Our lyrics are about that. But just one thing again about the COVID situation. We did something that was pretty crazy uh, last, I think it was last weekend. We played a stadium drive-in show and that with Bob Burnquist, you know, the skater? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a really good friend. Actually, he's in the album too. He, he recorded percussion in the album. So he just put like a, a, a skate ramp on the stadium and we're going to release videos of it probably in the next couple months. But basically, he, I mean, he put this like half, half pipe, but like a huge one, like like the real deal with, uh, I think it was him, probably like more 10, 10 other skaters, like skating while we were playing. And everybody was watching the cars, like 250 cars parked inside the stadium. And that was crazy. Like... Like when, when the, we're going to release a live EP from it. And it's crazy because when the song ends, instead of listening to the crowd, you listen to the car home. Like, you know, it's, it was really fun, especially because, I mean, we had, we, last time we played live was in September last year uh, oh, at wow. Rock and Rio. So it was like, it was a, a little, a little light, you know, in, in, in the middle of all this darkness that is going on um, in the COVID situation, but yeah, that that was that was crazy. We're gonna put out some really good material from it. I, I really, I really hope to see that. But it, what one thing I've been seeing a lot of is just when it comes to bands trying to figure out how to play, play live again and just play in front of people. 
it's it, no one's going back to the way that it was at the moment just because of the whole entire COVID situation. But I've seen bands get creative and I'm trying to think of a couple examples. So there was one, this was back in July, a band that I've worked with. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a group of three sisters are called GFM and they were playing a show about two hours North of me. It's a real small venue. And I'm like, okay, I'll go. Cause I was supposed to see him three times this year. All of a sudden, like I, I walk in there, I've got a, like a, like a face gator on. So it's like a scarf that goes from here all the way down. Looks like the guy Fox mask. So I'm looking total punk. Rock. I'm loving this. Yeah. And all of a sudden I see a couple people, they start a little mosh pit. And I, I can't help myself. I've been a mosh pit in five months. Yee! You went for it. I went for it. And I was just having a blast in there, but I've heard, I've seen a couple others too, where some bands here, it's like, if they're playing shows here, it's all very small. It's all very small venues and it's all very limited people. So people are spaced out. I've supported a couple bands doing that. The one of the interesting ones I heard is out of um, the, out of uh, Europe, a band called Thunder Mother. What they did was was they uh, they bought a fire truck and they just perform on top of the fire truck. Really, that's a good idea. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's interesting. Which bands do that? But here right now, there's a couple of bands that are starting to do in in the U.S. They're starting to do some like the drive-in stuff. I know Skillet's got a couple of them. Um, the one that's coming close to me is Beartooth, which I'm a little concerned about just due to the fact that I know how insane Beartooth shows are because I saw them last year. And if I go for a drive-in show, if there's like a demolition derby style mosh pit, it's going to be really hard for me to not drive my car in there because <laughs> I'm going to miss, I, like, as, as bad as I'm like, I don't want my car to get wrecked. I want to get into that pit. <laughs> so I would just go, fuck it. Yeah. My, my insurance yeah. rates would go sky yeah. high though. <laughs> the last time you're going to do that. The, fr- the fr- it, first and last. I think I think I might have to just buy like a old beater, like a two hundred dollar, like a car maybe under a thousand dollars, and all of a sudden, alrighty, just drive there. Why did you drive this crappy car here? Yeah, yeah. Pit. <laughs> so they, but they are doing a drive-in show. I did, I didn't know about it. Yeah, they're doing a drive-in show. Uh, Beartooth's doing a drive-in show about an hour north of me in a city called Oshkosh. They're doing it on October 9th. That that's gonna be interesting. And it's like I looked at I looked at the price and I was like it's eighty dollars to get in one car and you can have up to five people in that car. My problem is is like I don't go by my I just go by myself honestly. You usually go by yourself to the shows. Yeah, I usually go by myself to a lot of the shows. And there's like there's two main reasons for it. Main main reason number one is because there have been times in the past where I bought tickets with like okay people that say yeah I want to go to the show with you cool so I bought tickets. Then all of a sudden the day of, they're like, I don't feel like going, but they never paid for the tickets. Like, well, that's not my fault. So I always get, I get stiff. I get stuck with that. So I'm sick and tired of that. The second thing is if I go to a show, most of the time, if I go with someone else, it feels like I, at times I have to babysit them. Yeah. Cause it's like, if I go to a show that I want to go to, all of a sudden there's a pit, there's a, there's like a total pit going on and I want to jump into the person I'm with doesn't want to go anywhere near there. Then I can't really get into that because, yeah. oh, we're going to be too nervous. Oh, I got to back out of there. And I don't want to have to deal with that. Plus, when I'm there, it's like I want to just let loose and enjoy. So, if I want to go to a pit, like unless you want to jump in there with me, see ya. Yeah, I have a friend. I have a friend. He's crazy for actually. Actually, he's in a band. Raphael. He's the other drummer of the band, and he's crazy about Metallica. I am too. We met, we first time we met was during Metallica concert in Rio, and but I mean, he's I, I think he's been in like. 15 Metallica shows and he's always on the front, like right there, right in the front. He, he, 
if there is, I remember two times once when Metallica played Rock and Rio, and I was watching it in TV because I was in I was in Sao Paulo, and I saw him on TV just like there on the fence. <laughs> and then when Metallica played Lollapalooza here in Sao Paulo, same thing. It was on TV, and I saw him on the fence. So I mean. I think he's been in 15 Metallica shows, and in all of them, he was on a fence. All of them. And so he, he just go by himself usually. So this one time he had this girlfriend, and he was like, so, babe, I'm going to Metallica show, you know, in two weeks or something. And, and so, yeah, so we, we won't hang out on that Friday night. And she's like, no, I want to go with you. And he said, oh, I'm, I, I don't think that's possible. And she was like, no, no, but, but I want to go. And he goes like, look, if you want to go, you can go, but you go, you go on your own. I mean, it's just a coincidence that we are both going to Metallica show, but <laughs> I'm going on my own and you are going on your own. And she was like, oh, you're exaggerating. You know, let's, okay, okay, let's go. And once he was like at the venue, he just go like, okay, bye, see you later. And he just left her there. I mean, it was his, actually, he, they lived together. Okay. I mean, it, yeah, it was like almost like his wife. He just left her there and he just went for... That was one of the times I saw him on TV and he was alone. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, I got to ask this question. Are they still together or no? No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was say if they were, but like, well, alrighty then. I wasn't yeah. expecting that. <laughs> it, they are not. But, but he's still the same. He have a different girlfriend, but he will do the same thing. I have no doubt he will do the same thing. Well, I've got a, I've got a friend too. Um, I met her through uh, doing a lot of this stuff, uh, and her she's the biggest Disturbed fan in the entire world. Like I like when I was in middle school, they were my favorite band. I thought no one could beat me at that point. No, th- th- this woman completely blows me out of the water with her like how much she loves Disturbed. But and she's good friends with the guys in the band too because of it. So I, back in March 2019 was my first time ever getting to see Disturbed live, and she told me, yeah, meet me at the like right like right the gate like right the rail on the left side of the stage so three and three days grace open so i'm like okay let's just i was enjoying three days grace for and all of a sudden the break happened so people started like backing out go take go to the bathroom go get like a beer or something and i kind of like i found her so i kind of wore my way up there and i got to hang out there in front of the show and she's like i'm always on the rail i've seen so many disturbed shows and i do not leave this spot like i'm always here go to october of last year they were playing their last show of the year here in Milwaukee. So I'm like, okay, I'm going. I asked her if she was going to be at the show just to, by sheer happenstance. She's like, yeah, I got invited to the show bef- the week before or the couple days beforehand. So I'll drive to Milwaukee and go see that one with my friend. Okay, cool. All of a sudden, I, because I had uh, uh, tickets to be on the floor. So I walk in there all of a sudden. Where is she? She's already there and she's already set up in her spot, ready to go. And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a spot for you. And she's like, kind of like spread out a little bit. She's like, yeah, I'm holding it. <laughs> And where was the spot exactly? This was, um, so if, if this is an arena show, it was right up front. Like, so there's the stage, there's a little space in between where the security guards would be, the rail, and then there's me. So where they had the stage up, we were just on the left side. So right where uh, John Moyer, their basis would be. Okay. And it's kind of funny. If you, if you ever get a chance, watch the, um, the live video they did for their song, Hold On To Memories. If you look at the two minute, 37 second marker, you'll see the crowd like just really getting into it and you'll see this woman getting very emotional during the song it's her and that's her then if you look to the right side of the screen you're gonna see half of somebody's face smiling looking like a total dumbass that's me that's you 
I will, I will look for it. So what, what, what is the show again? Let me it, write it down. Yeah, just honestly, all I have to do is just look up Disturbed, hold on to memories. And if they, if you see their music video for it, that has a bunch of live shows in there, you'll find it. Cause it's, it's a part of that whole music video. I'm write this down. It is. Uh, we, played, we played with, uh, we played with them here in Sao Paulo. You played with Disturbed? Yeah. In a, uh, it was a music festival and it was pretty cool. It was, I saw it from stage. Really? So, yeah. Did they have the whole entire thing with like inside the fire when the solo hits, like there's just a bunch of fire going yeah, everywhere? They had half of it because I, th- I, I might be wrong, but I think it was their first time in Brazil. Okay. So they, they did not come with a full, uh, with a like full production, but there was a lot of production. It was like, it was like a big, big thing, you know, it was, and it was a crazy night because was, imagine this was Marilyn Manson, Disturbed and Rammstein. Oh my God. That was a like big, big production. How? how? Just yeah. like, just getting all three of those. Like when you said Manson, then Disturbed, I was expecting, now I was expecting Rammstein. I was expecting Rob Zombie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rammstein, you know, their, their production is crazy, man. Their, their production just, is, is. Have like, you seen their last tour? Like the, the last tour they did before the pandemic and everything? You no, know? the reason I think was because they, um, they were supposed to come to the U.S. this year, and I was going to see them in early September because they are going to play in Chicago for the first time in, like, 20 years because the last time they were there, they said they couldn't use all their pyro, like, all their uh, pyro, all their, this, all their production because, oh, it's too dangerous, and they did it anyway. <laughs> and then basically Chicago was like, oh, we don't want you coming back here, but then because it's Rammstein, it's like, well, you kind of have to have them back because yeah. – you know how much money that's going to bring in. <laughs> but, 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 you know, put, put on YouTube, I think it was, I think it was last year or the year before. But, I mean, the last Rammstein tour, it's like, it's unbelievable. Put, put the Berlin show. Check that out. It's like, it's insane. It's like, it's like a movie. It's crazy. I was going to say, I, I, I expect I them they, to go crazy in Berlin. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. And I think they spend, I would say, I think they spend almost all the money they make on production. I really think so. Because it's fucking expensive to do this shit, man. Especially like when you think like stadium, stadium size, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. And then there's, and then it's like, you kind of see some other bands too. It's just when they go out on stage, like I'll use, I'll use Rise Against as the example, because when I see them go out, it's, they do have some production, but it's 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 mostly just you're gonna be focused on them playing. Like there's yeah. no like like you know you get you get your lights, you got a little bit of like a they got their stuff going on in the background like a video board kind of thing. But a lot of bands have that now. But it's just like when you're up there, it's like there's no real fl- frills, no flair. They're just going out there playing, and I absolutely love it because of the energy that's behind yeah, it. I, I, honestly, I like that. I really like that. It's like some bands do it so well, like Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Uh, Pearl Jam, you know, you go to their show. It's like, it's about the music, you know, it's about playing. If you can find a way to really connect, you know, the production with the music in a way that it makes sense, it's not, it's not just like production for production, you know, it's because it, it, for some reason it, it makes sense. Then I think it's, I like, like, yeah. like nice, like stage setups. I think those, those, those things are cool. But there are some bands that are just, they, they just think about production and then they forget about like the music, you know, and, and all that. So it's about finding the balance. Like for Rammstein, I think production is part of the show. I think it's like when you go, I, I, I don't know much about them, but from what I understand, it's when you're going to a Rammstein show, one of the reasons you are going is because you want to see the circus going on. 
It's not just because of the music. So there is that too. Nine Inch Nails, they're pretty good with uh, like lights and everything. They create the atmosphere, you know. Yeah, it's it's it got to be creative with that, right? To make yeah. to keep it interesting. So I'll show, I'll show you like the three ethics. Like I took I talked about Rising Story with like the show where it's like not like not very much production where it's just going up there playing kind of mentioned Rage Against the Machine and that kind of same style as well where it's all the energy that's there. But then there are times where like a band like I'm gonna use Guar for this example where because I went yeah. to go see them and when it came to the music was I that big into it? I wasn't really caring about it, but just the 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 show they put on with how crazy it was getting sprayed with the red and green colored water all over stage, seeing an eleven year old kid with the most epic mullet I've ever seen on his dad's shoulders, and the whole band just converging in on him and just blasting this kid with everything they had was hilarious. But it wasn't like the music wasn't the part of it that you wanted to be there. Yeah, exactly. The, something else. The band that I've seen completely like perfectly fit that line where the production was out there it was incredible and then the music just and the energy just matched everything was when i uh back in november of 2019 i saw ice nine kills because they had the whole horror theme the whole horror production but just when you looked at the when you watched the show the show was amazing when you listen to the music everything fit the energy on that on stage was absolutely insane and it didn't matter if you were in the pit you're just outside the pit or if you're getting pushed around i would check them out what's the name again ice nine kills they they're a metalcore band and they're but they're and their whole entire like gimmick is around horror so it's like horror movies they made an album in 2018 called the silver scream and every song's about a different horror movie and the thing about it is is every single song perfectly takes the vibe and the feel of that horror movie puts into a song and then you just get some like absolutely crazy good stuff like stabbing in the dark is about uh the halloween movie franchise with michael myers and they perfectly add to it uh, grave mistake is about the movie the crow and it's just it's a much more like more of like a hard rock melodic song but just the way the guitar is tuned just makes you feel like you're in that movie the craziest one they've ever done was it's a song called it is the end it's about the uh, the stephen king it movies with pennywise the clown and they bring in two of the guys from uh uh less than jake the scott punk band for, with just to have like the the trombone and the trumpet in there to add a little more of a circus feel to it it is just brutal, but it's awesome at the same time. It's I, I couldn't get enough at the first time I heard it. I just was sitting there just like oh. where are they from? Um they're from the United States. They're out of uh Boston, Massachusetts. I'm really curious to check it out. I like horror movies. I, I think you I think you might I think I may have just turned you on to something here because I for sure I would check it out. For sure. Well, well, it's not that but like because the first, like their last album was all horror movie based. The previous one was all based off of different uh different books. Oh really? And there's different and there's and there's books that were also turned to horror movies like Carrie, The Exorcist, Dracula, like uh Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like they took a lot of this stuff and that's what they focus on. And I've been in talks with some people like, okay, what is their next one gonna be like if they keep going around this? And I'm so damn focused on they have to do one about serial killers. Like just focus oh. on serial killers. <laughs> and be- I do like I do like the serial killers like series and documentaries i like this shit too it's crazy right it's and why do we like this shit it's like i mean it's crazy but it does make sense that they they make an album about it that they i yeah. think they it makes sense they do it that's that's what i'm hoping for but i think if you especially like the horror stuff and if you like that metalcore kind of style oh my god this will this i it was something where i only heard two songs of theirs before i went to go see this show and i really didn't want to go because i was just super tired that day 
light the torch with Howard Jones was uh, opening up and then Fit for a King was in the middle. So like, okay, I'll go check this out. Why not? Just and when I saw the show, I was like, I've I, they went from being a relatively unknown band in my mind to now like within like a couple of weeks, they're my second favorite band of all time. Like oh, that's really? how quick it was. That's impressive. You really, you really got me curious. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So make sure Ice Nine kills and what if if you ever because a couple of times on the podcast I'll wear some of their shirts and one one thing they did was uh they actually they were gonna play at a venue just outside of Disney World but Disney owns it. And they banned them from playing because of all the violent imagery they use, especially because it's all horror based. So what they ended up doing was they ended up creating like a whole line of merch where they turned the Disney characters into like into horror movie characters. So like Mickey looked like Freddy Krueger. Goofy looked like Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Can they do that in Brazil? We got sued for sure. You can't do that. They they thought they were like they should have gotten sued, but Disney never did. Really? Yeah, Disney's lawyers, like Disney, they're huge. They they would easily find this out. All that they knew that happened was was the di- people would go to uh, Disney World wearing those shirts, and the characters would not take photos with them. That was the only thing. And they still do. They still have this merch selling, or are they? It, they it was it? it was a limited time thing, and then they did it again in June of this year, and they had two major pieces. One was uh, three pieces. One was like a tie dye shirt with an evil Mickey. No, like four. It was Titus or the Evil Mickey, Minnie Mouse from uh as Carrie when they, after the blood gets dropped on her. They had one. It was a one from The Shining with Donald Duck as Jack Torrance running around with an axe. And I got that shirt. Then there was another one with um. It looked like Michael Myers was trick or treating and he was wearing Mickey ears. Uh, I got that one too. I thought that was too funny. But they were they were smart because if they make limited editions, there's not much Disney can do because. Here's the thing. If you do something like this legally, Disney would have to send them a notification saying you got to stop selling this and they would have to stop. And that's it. If they if they would keep selling it, then it could get messy. But if they just did that once and then it's gone, it's like Disney can't do much. They're not selling it anymore. So what are you complaining about? Yeah, it's like they put it. It's like they put out for two days for that one. But this is where it gets interesting because the Freddy Krueger one, that one's still up on their site. Oh, really? They still is it still there? From from what I remember, it's still there, and I think they even had like I saw an ad for it today, so it's still there, wow. and they still haven't yeah. said anything about it. Like I bought I bought that shirt back in January, and I still have it. It's still up there. So they have balls. They're just like <laughs> fuck it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, it's 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 hilarious, but it's just I I couldn't get enough of those shirts. I wear like when I before COVID shut everything down, I still have, I still have a full time job, so I'd go to work, and I'd wear them. And the crazy thing was like there were a couple people that really disliked them. However, they're the first time I wore one. I walked in the elevator, hit the button, all of a sudden it closes, boom, the door opens. Head of the company walks in the elevator, and here I am wearing my evil Donald Duck shirt. I'm like, oh, this is not good. Yeah. All of a sudden, he looks, he's like, this is what he said to me. I know I should be mad, but that shirt is awesome. <laughs> really? I was like, I got him on my side. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so when I was in the office, no one no one ever bothered to stop me but, anymore but, after a but while. That was the job you did not like, right? No, this is no, this is a job I have, I still have now, and I'm, it's... Oh, you still have it. I'll put it this way. When it comes to what I do, I when it comes to, the, I want to make enough money off of this so I can just do this full time. But 
having having to have a, a job to kind of supplement this and supplement my life and you know be able to save just basically have yeah. a good source of income still having what i have now i'm perfectly fine with yeah 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 that's great yeah it's, it, if it's about finding that balance and it's i really think and then we go back to psychology and meditation i think it's man it's about being happy with uh, with yourself right and and if you find a balance and your boss likes your Donald evil Donald t-shirt. It's all good. Yeah. When it comes to, when it comes to my bot, like my, the guy that's actually my boss, not the head of the company, but like my actual boss and like the team I work on, everyone kind of already assumed I'm just like the crazy weird guy, but it's a crazy weird guy you want to hang out with and talk to because it's just like, he, he knows how to function in a society, but just some of the stuff that he does is just not necessarily what you'd expect. It's like, Oh yeah. Cause but isn't it this the best to be? That's the best you can be. I mean, wh why would you just be like one more, right? If you can, I think I'm right there with you. I think I'm literally right there with you. Because I'm like, it's funny, like in my family, for instance, I'm, I am like this, I, I'm the rock relative, right? Like I'm in a rock band and I play yeah. stadiums and I, I tour with bands. But at the same time, I love psychology and I love talking about this stuff that, that we were talking like the whole time, especially in the beginning of the, of the conversation, like meditation and, you know, and I don't think people really get me <laughs> like, wait, wait a minute. Are you like, are you a rocker or are you a psychologist? What are you really? And feels like you'll get a little bit, a little bit of that too. Yeah. And, the, and one thing that I do too, is it's just, like during normal day, it's like, okay, I, I, I work, like during normal week, I work a full-time job. I work out almost every single day. Cause that's what I like to do. It's just my time away from everything. I do all this stuff. And then it's like, do I have time to hang out with my friends? Yeah. I still hang out with my friends. I still see my family a lot. I do a lot of the stuff I want to. There was even one day where I was, I went to work. It was a Monday. And my boss was like, okay, so uh, what did everyone do this weekend? Anything interesting? And my response was, I saw one of my childhood friends get married. I got really drunk. And then I jumped out of a plane. This was like this, what I said, they're like, okay, you have to tell, like describe some, like, well, one of my friends that I grew up with, he got married. Of course, the wedding reception, you know, we were drinking a lot of beer and I forgot that the next morning, one of my other friends and I, we were going skydiving. Like, yeah. so I'm like, that's basically how I put it. And it's like, why did you do all this? Cause I wanted to, it's like, yeah. I'm just going to do things that I want to do. And it's someone asked me, how do you get to do all this stuff? And the best way I describe it is a couple of reasons. One, I don't sleep as much as a lot of other people. But that, that's just came natural. That's just something that I basically had to build up. But two, I just make sure I have, I use my time as efficient as possible. Like there's really not any downtime for myself as much, but it's like when there's, when I have that downtime, like when I was like, okay, you know, you kind of want that downtime to just recharge your batteries. For me, my mental downtime is when I'm in the gym. Cause it's just my time to just focus on me. That's it. Yeah. I, I have the same. I love going to the gym. But one question, did you skydive with hangover? Um, yeah, unfortunately I did. That was, oh. however, the only, the, the thing is just because like with how much I, with working out, with how much I do, with how much cardio I do with, because I actually, because like the, ever since COVID hit, like everyone has to work out with a mask on. I've been doing that yeah. since 2016 because I've got one of those like high altitude training masks. So it restricts how much oh. oxygen you can breathe in. Oh, so, oh really? So jump so out of the. Yeah, so jump out of a plane from fifteen thousand feet in the air when my when the mass that I run in it's already set to twelve thousand. Like the like the the lack of oxygen did not affect me at all. Like it was nothing. And the and the and the rush and everything. Like I was excited for it. 
I didn't get nervous until I because it was a tandem jump until the guy almost kicked me out of the plane just trying to set set up for the jump because he he pushed me too far and I basically was like all the way out. So I had to push back. I'm like, no, 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 dude. He's like, what? I'm like, you weren't set. <laughs> that was the only time I got nervous. Fuck. And all of a sudden, like, all of a sudden, like, you ready? I'm like, let's go. And then just fell out. Was having fun. Was having fun. But yeah, it was kind of like that. There was a little bit of a headache afterwards, just being suspended up there after. Yeah. Well, because the harness was so tight, so everything got like compressed, and like the blood was just not flowing to certain places. So I'm just like, this kind of stinks. This is not good. I, I I never did it, but I really want to do it. I really want to do it. Give it, give it a shot because it is, it's something that if you don't do it, you're always going to just think, oh man, I wish I would have done. I wish I would have done it. Me, I would go again. I wouldn't have gone again, like, like again that day, just because of just how tight that harness was. And just like, oh, I just kind of don't want to have to deal with that. Plus being hungover, I didn't want to do it again, but, um, yeah, I would do it. Definitely. I would, I think I would like to learn to do it by myself. Like just, you know, like I know you, I think you need to to jump a few times, right, with, like, attached to someone to you learn and then you are able to jump by yourself. But I think I would like to do it by myself. What I was told was, like, the first couple of times you have to do it with somebody and then afterwards, if, you if like, you get certified to take class or something with whatever place you would... It's just what they do is is they let you go by yourself but then you have a radio in your head, like, in your, in your helmet, and someone on the ground will basically direct you to, basically, after you deploy the chute, like, okay, turn here, turn here, turn here. And then after a while, they just start saying, le- like, after enough jumps, they'll start directing you less and less and let you do it on your own. Unless you start really messing up. It's like, okay, quickly do this kind of thing. But then after, after that, it's just, then you can just basically free jump however you feel like. Yeah, that 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 feeling of flying, that that's probably awesome. It, what, re- what really got me was because they said, already make sure that, I, I remember this clearly, they said, make sure that your head is tilted up so you're looking at the horizon line. So that you don't like, because if you look straight down, so you don't freak out or, you know, you don't lose your breath too much. All of a sudden we jump. What's the first thing I do? <sighs> Looking straight down. <laughs> so what happens when you look straight down? What is the feeling? It was, it was kind of, it, it was cool just because it was like, I could start seeing the ground, like start coming up a little bit towards me. It wasn't super fast because again, 15,000 feet up in the air, yeah. didn't yeah. deploy it to like, didn't deploy the shoot to like maybe like seven or 8,000 feet. So all of a sudden, like, I'm starting to see it start coming towards me. And it was, it, like, knowing that the shoot was still there, it was still cool just due to the fact that you can start to see it coming up towards you. And then you kind of picked up your head, too, and you look out and you just can see so much. And you start feeling that rush of you're going, like, 120 miles an hour just straight down. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably awesome. It's like there's no roller coaster that can top that. Yeah. Uh, probably not. <laughs> well, there are some crazy roller coasters in um, – in, in... I don't think it's Dubai, but there's this roller coaster from Ferrari. Did you hear about it? It goes no. like it will. It goes like extremely well. I don't. I don't count because in Brazil we don't say miles per hour. We say uh, kilometers per hour. Okay. And it's like 100 kilometers per hour. I don't know how many miles is that, but it's like it's pretty damn fast. Uh, it's like really. I'm trying to think. That would be 63 or 64. Yeah. So in a roller coaster. So is it's like, is that consistent speed though, or is that just on the drop? Yeah, I don't think it's in a drop. I think it's like it's on the way into to when it's even before you go up. Oh, yeah, it's something like that. So you just go like, and then you go up, and then and then it comes down on the other side. And what I was, 
I was really pissed off because me and my girlfriend, we love going to, to parks and to roller coasters. So we were in Dubai visiting my brother. My brother lived there. And literally in the day that we landed back in Brazil, we found out that they had that there. Oh. And we were there for like almost two weeks. We're like, holy shit. We were just, we just landed. And it's not, you know, you know, it's not like you go to Dubai every year. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, when you come, when you come to the, when you come to the U S um, the one park I would tell you guys to go to is it's called Cedar point. It's in Sandusky, Ohio. So it's, it, and it's got, it's, I've been there twice when I was a kid and it's got, so one of the coasters, it's kind of got that like same shoot where it just, you shoot straight out you go up, kind of come around and then straight down. I think it tops out like 130 miles an hour. They said from the from the launch, but as you go up, you know you're losing speed. Oh, there's yeah. there's one though. If I remember, it was called the Millennium Force, and it's just when you when you go up, it's you know that steady incline. But when you drop, it is almost a straight drop into the ground, and then when it curves out and finally levels out, it levels out pretty much on the ground. So you get to see oh. the whole ground like come up <laughs> at you. And I think if that I think the drop tops out on that one about 93 miles an hour. Oh. And there was yeah. one time, the second time I went there, because this is this is interesting, just kind of talking about theme parks on this one. On that ride, the second time I was ever there, I was because I was thirteen or fourteen years old. I'm on this, I'm on the, I'm on it with my mom, and all of a sudden I get hit like we're going through the rest of the the coaster because after the drop, you still have another like minute before the ride's over. Mm-hmm. About halfway through, all of a sudden I get hit in the chest with something. I was like, did I get hit with like a branch or something? And I look down and there's a pair of glasses just sitting really? right here. As we're going through, all of a sudden I start seeing the pair of glasses start going up my body. I'm like, oh shoot. They launch up. I quickly li- lifted my hand, grabbed them and held out of my show. I'm like, dude, someone lost their glasses. Yeah. So all of a sudden it stops. And we, I see this guy like, just like violently going like this, like kind of mad. I'm just asked the person for me like, Hey, what's going on with him? All of a sudden they're like, oh, he's mad. He lost his glasses. And I just said, you mean these? Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, I just hear him, hey, someone caught him. And this guy turns around with just look up just like, oh, and there's me just 14 years old. Hey, I got him. <laughs> and how far were you from him? About three or four cars. That's so, crazy. So it was just, it was the thing that, the thing that surprised me was that because again, they go out of his pocket and they fly up. No. So when, when they had to hit me, we had to be going on some sort of a incline yeah. for me to actually grab him. Yeah. Or is it a decline? I can't remember which one, but I remember it was something. It wasn't straight. Yeah. And you know, I was, we were, when we were in Dubai, we went to that, uh, like, you know, that palm tree island is very famous in Dubai. It's like a palm tree, an island that the formats a palm tree. And they have a water park at the end. And that was pretty crazy because, I mean, they had those water park rides. And it was the first time in my life that I wasn't one that the, 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 the pressure of the water would push you up instead of going down, oh. you go up and then you go down and then you go up again. It's like, it's crazy. It's crazy. It was really, really fun and really hot too, man. It was many, you, you can't stand in the sun when it's summer in Dubai. It's like, it's an, it's like hell. I was gonna say now, if you want water parks, uh, come to come to my neck of the woods. Come up to uh, come to the U.S. Come to Wisconsin because we've got a little city, a little little town. They're about about an hour north of our state capital called Madison. It's uh called the Wisconsin Dells, 
And it's just, there are so many different like hotels and resorts and all of them have water parks in them, indoor, outdoor. Oh really? There's, you didn't know that? There's all, yeah. It's, there's also a, a park called Noah's Ark and it's just, there's water slides every, it's all just a whole one big outdoor water park. It's just water slides everywhere. Anything you can imagine, they got it. Cool, man. That sounds fun. So if, if, if that's anything, that's basically me telling you guys, um, come to Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, I really like, isn't that show, uh, hang on, you gotta forgive me, I'm Brazilian, man. Uh, that 70 shows, isn't it yep. in Wisconsin? Yeah. Yep. I love that. I watched the whole thing. Oh God, I've seen that. I probably watched that show about through about five or six times already. Like the yeah. whole entire thing. It's just, it's good. It's really good. It's really, really good. And I'm and, a, and not only that, but it's like just like the care, like everything that they do, like they really took the time to make sure that everything encapsulated being in Wisconsin in the 1970s. Really? Like it's it's. So I, you you think they they did like they managed to to picture the vibe? Oh no, I I don't I don't just think that. I mean, I had I asked my mom and dad on that one just because my mom watched the show too, and she's like, oh, this was this is pretty much straight and narrow, straight down. Like they perfected this. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like, uh, that feels good just because it's just, but then whenever people think about Wisconsin, people think it's like, like that. It's like, well, not anymore. I mean, that was seventies was 50 years ago, man. Come on. It changed. It evolved. Yeah. It, it, it changed. Well, I mean, well, not a lot has changed, but stuff has changed. <laughs> yeah. They, and, and everybody there is on, I mean, all the actors are so good. Everyone is good. The writers are so good. Yeah, except for when uh, the season eight when Kelso and Eric weren't there, that one can kind of be forgotten about at yeah. points. Yeah, yeah, they should have done that. Yeah, they should. The only, the only, I think the only redeeming part about that season was the fact that Red was still absolutely hilarious. Yeah, Red. I mean, that that guy's so good, man. That actor, he's amazing. I mean, and 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 sometimes you just hate him so much. Just it's, like, it, but it's like when you hate him, it's you hate him just because it's. You just hate him because it's like you could imagine like having a, a relative like that and just knowing yeah. what it was like to have it. However, when you don't think about that, it's when he does his like crazy stuff, you just think it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Now you said something. Maybe we hate him because we know someone that, that, that is like him. We just, right? It's like it remembers you of someone in your family, maybe. Yeah. But it's just when if you take that out there completely, again, like going back to what we started about at the beginning with the whole psychology thing, if you take that like negative, potentially like negative connotation and negative feeling towards that out, you're going to think it's one of the best characters of all time because he's just talking about putting foots in asses. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Actually, funny. Did you watch Breaking Bad? Oh, no, I didn't. My brother keeps kept pushing oh, me to watch. It. I just, I, I just got to never... watch that because I was going to say I watched it twice. I watched once on my own, and then when the pandemic started, uh, my girlfriend hadn't watched. I was like, let's just watch it, and then I watched the whole thing again. And what you said, I don't want to give you any spoilers, but what you said happened to me. Like, one character that I really liked on the first time I saw it, I didn't like it at all. And another, I don't want to say names because I, I know, but another character that I did not really like on the first time, in the first time I saw it, now I really liked it. So it's like, it's all about perspectives, man. It really is. It really is. And that's comes and looping it around back to music, which it seems like we take forever to it during this episode, yeah. but I don't mind because we're having an incredible conversation, but looping it back to music where it's, again, it's just, there's sometimes where, and I talked about this on the previous one I did that I recorded today where it's, 
people listen to stuff like, especially like on the surface, it's especially with streaming. It's like, okay, you know, I'm listening to something. And if I don't like in the first 10 seconds, I'm going to skip it and just maybe forget about it because it didn't hit me right away. You're looking at everything on the surface. But if you listen to it in a, you can listen to it in so many different ways. It'll give you so many different perspectives. Because for me, I could listen to something and just take it at face value, whatever it is. And if it's just a song that doesn't necessarily connect to me right away, I could just pass on it forever and that's it. But if I take a look at it a little bit deeper, just really try and listen to a couple more times, really see if I have a different vibe to it or if I have a different mindset to it where say I'm listening to it for the first time, but I just have it on the background. It'll be completely different than if I'm listening to it while I'm driving and that's the only thing that's going on. Oh, oh yeah. Or for like myself, what I do is when I'm doing like album reviews or really looking deep into songs, now I'm looking at it in a completely different light because I'm looking at it in how the song is constructed. I'm looking at all the different progressions that go through it. I'm looking at how it's how the vocal patterns really work. I'm looking like if a vocal patterns like much more melodic versus a really fast uh, backing instrumental, how that works out with each other, how the different compare and contrast work out with each other, and then how the meaning also relates to the whole mood of the song. And if I think that the whatever the meaning is and how that feeling of the song is really connects with it. And that also is on a more personal level too because everyone's gone through different things in life. So something that someone else has gone through, they may it might be the exact same kind of, um, when you describe it, it, might be the exact same kind of thing, but how they felt about it, how I felt about it could be com- two completely different things. So the song could be good, but I just don't connect with it as well due to the fact that I just don't think the sound necessarily mixes with what I felt where a different song could have a completely same meaning, different feel, and I can connect to that more. Yeah, but, but and it's also, you said something that is interesting. Depending on your mood when you listen to, I think here's the point. Here's the thing. You, I, I think that when you listen to to a music, to a song that you don't know, like a band you never heard of, your the state you are in, it really affects if how you like it. I think it really, really does. Like, I mean, let's say if maybe maybe if you listen to a song like from a band you never heard of, and you are in a bad day, maybe you nothing would make you like it, right? And maybe if it was like the same song, same band, and someone comes to you and say, bro, listen to this song. It's fucking amazing. This band is great. And then you listen to it, you know, just, it, it, it affects you, man. You know, it's, it really, and that's a tricky thing. And that's why they say that usually, I don't know if you heard of this, but they say it usually takes like three times for you to really get a song for you to really understand what it's about. Because like the first time you listen to it, you have all your preconceived ideas and conceptions of how a song should be, especially when it's a band that is bringing something different. And so the first time it's, it's more about like, you don't really want to like it because you already have the bands you like. So it's kind of a breaking the ice. And then on the second time, you're a little bit more open to it. And then on the third time, it's when you really try to understand what's happening. Like, you know, look, I mean, you and me, we work with music, so probably we are different. But they did that research. And, and I mean, they, it was in university in the U.S. I don't remember, I don't remember where. I know that, uh, what's the name of that big producer with the beard? That big, like, music producer. Oh, shit. Well, my, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, but I mean, he was involved on that, and it was like it takes three times for you to really, to really, really get in touch with with what the song is about. Usually, I forgot his name. Rick Rubin. 
Okay, yeah. I mean, there, there are times where all of a sudden, like, you watch, you listen to a song the first time through and you understand it, but I can see where it comes to that three times through due to the fact that I think a perfect example for that is I'll take a look at a song. I'll take a look at a skillet, for example, because when I first really started listening to him, I was in, I was just ending college and I kind of was like, okay, you know, I, I get it. I'm not the biggest thing in the whole entire, like the whole Christian music thing, even though and now, and I see him completely different now where it's like, they've got, they talk about a lot of that. They, they bring a lot of stuff, but it's a little bit more abstract. So you're, you're able to connect it to more things without bringing that in there, which is something I like. But there was a song that they made where I listened to it. The Like the one time I listened to it, when I started listening to it, it was just a good like workout song. And that's why I liked it. Cause it, ha- it just really pumped me up for that. But then as time went on, I stopped listening to it. But then when I went through my, when I went through 2017, how bad it was and trying just to find in music, helping me get through that, that same song just took on a whole different meaning. And it's yeah. based off of what, instead of listening to how the song just sounded with the instrumentals and how everything progressed, taking a real look at how the, the words and how the lyrics and how the meaning of the song yeah. really connected yeah. with it. And oh my God, it just, it went from being a song that I listened to in the gym to one of my favorite songs of all time because of that. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, oh, it, that, that, that's really true, man. Like on Spotify, I listen to Spotify a lot. I, I'm, I'm mostly listening to songs on Spotify nowadays. So it's like sometimes I'm just like going through a playlist of like that I, I put together myself. And let's say I'm cooking. I like to cook. So let's say I'm cooking or I'm doing something and then the playlist is over and then Spotify just start like suggesting songs. And it happened more than once that I listened to the song. And I'm like, yeah, I want to add to my playlist. And then just keep listening to it. And then it happens again. And then that same song comes back. And I'm like, yeah, that song is kind of good. And, and nowadays, I like, I like the artist a lot. So it's, it's crazy. It's crazy because it, it is like... And, and also, I think that this kind of stuff only happens when the artists have depth, right? When it's like, it's, it's deeper than just... You, how can you put that? Because you have bands and artists and singers and DJs and whatever that it, I don't know how deep they go into like into themselves when they write songs, right? I mean, maybe they're just like, okay, I need to put out a song. They just write whatever works and they put it out. And some make like really big. I mean, some make like top 10. But I think there are bands and artists that they are like, they go deep into themselves, man, when they're writing. And when it's like that, you, as you listen to it more and more, you connect to it more and more. I think there's a truthness to it, you know? There's this truth aspect to writing music that I think makes all the difference, all the difference in the world to, to, to really engage you, you know? Yeah. Oh, I can easily attest to that too, because I did a podcast recently with James Clark of kill the lights. And we were talking about the, their initial album, the center. Cause that's a uh, Moose Thomas, former, uh, the fine drummer of both for my Valentine. That's his new band. So I was talking with uh, James Clark about it and about every, and I'm like, I like the album, but I'm trying to figure out why I connected with it so much. Cause it was like, I'm trying to figure out exactly why. And as I was talking with him, he was telling me how he wrote a lot of the songs about going the mental health problems that he had and dealing with all this stuff and how he felt about it. So it just really, we talked about it. We got a little bit deeper into it. I didn't get too deep into it because he said there was a video where he basically shot it and it was him describing every single song and what it meant and how he, why he wrote it to his wife. So Mm -hmm. him actually having to tell the person he cares about the most in the world about a lot of this stuff. He's like, it was hard. And I ended up watching that because I found it and oh my 
God, is it powerful? And then I was listening to the album again, and it's just, it took yeah. on a whole different meaning. And it's just, because now it's, I can see where he was coming from. I can understand how much he poured into this, but also knowing what he, hearing what he went through and had being able to talk to him about it as well. Now I'm able to figure out, I'm able to see the parallels between what he's talking about and my life at the same time too. And then just seeing how those sounds relate to what I went through and give a, like I always say this, give a tangible feeling to an intangible, to an, like something that's intangible to really describe. Yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. it. It's trying to make tangible what is intangible. Yeah, because I, I kept seeing a lot of comments on uh, if you on the video for uh, Popular Monster by Falling in Reverse. A lot of comments, people like we're trying trying to explain like what it feels like where we're at right now to some of our family members, and we can't. All of a sudden, this song came out, and they're like, "Yeah, we're just telling them listen to this song, and you'll you'll understand." Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's the the magic of music. You can you it's a way to translate what it's it's just a feeling, you know. And it's and I think it's crazy how you how this is for me like being like a songwriter. That's a crazy thing. Like like you write something that is really personal to you and that that means so much to you, like in a very deep level. And and then you go to England and there is this girl there that comes to you and say, hey, this song, it really moves me, you know, and you're like, wow, that's crazy, man. You know, like it's it's interesting because it makes you think that there is there is something there that is beyond words and and just connect people. And I think music does that. I think music shines a light to that to that way of connection that that is just and it's so intimate right like when a, when you really like a song it feels so intimate to you right it's something that it, only you know the feeling that it causes you and you can even try to explain it to express but only you know the feelings and it's crazy because sometimes you know someone else have this feels the same and it's something that it's just beyond words and and when you write that song it's even crazier because you're like I get what you're saying, and I understand that it's a feeling that you can't even describe because I, I felt the same when I wrote it. So yeah, it's pretty cool. And that that's where the connection comes in because it's you felt these things too, and I felt them, and you're just you're perfectly describing them in a way that I can't. Yeah, that's where the real connection comes in. Yeah, that's totally true. It helps, right? It helps you make sense of something that you're feeling, and maybe you can't make sense. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I, th I think a perfect example of that, it's where a, where somewhat, where a band put out a certain music and it just all of a sudden over time, it was just something that took basically people just listened to and it just took a whole different meaning on was um, the Linkin Park One More Light album. If you listen to songs like Heavy and then the titular song, it was I remember at first that people just didn't like me like, yeah, they're all, like they're ballady and they're very prophetic and they're very just emotional, but it's not the class, it's not the Linkin Park sound we wanted. All of a sudden, unfortunately, what happened with Chester, people revisited that album. And all of a sudden, it was just people were making the comparison of just seeing what was being said in those songs after all. And just making comparisons to maybe stuff that they went through in life when they went through those dark times. And just it was it was something that went from like a, a album that people just really didn't care for because it just didn't have that classic Linkin Park sound. To something that was just people, if you listen to it, people just get emotionally just distraught by it because they're able to understand and see and be able to, you know, have something that tangibly felt like something that they went through. And it's just, it's, it's heavy. It's incredibly impactful when it comes to the emotion of it. 
Yeah. You know, I never really stopped to listen to that album. I will do it. I'm, I would do that. I would check it out. It's like if you, it, the two songs, especially Heavy and One More Light, you listen to those two and it's just... And he, and he, with especially with knowing what it ha- what happened now, oh my god, it's it, it it takes you to a different place emotionally. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. So he was already he was already trying to communicate what was going on, right? Yeah, because the record came out in May of 2017, and he, he died two months later. Yeah. Well, probably he was suffering with it for years before even. Oh, oh yeah, that was it. Was it ended up being documented that he was suffering for it for for years, but it just never really came to because it it never really came to the, to full, and he never really. Uh, I, I'm not sure what it was. I don't want to speak too much on it because I don't know too much on it. But it was just from things I've from things I've seen. It was just there where it's like you could kind of, in retrospect, it's like we should have we should have seen this, but we just never did because at times the signs just never really show are shown until yeah. the aftermath. What what I think is the saddest of it, it's because usually when when people are in, in this place that he was, in that place that he was, uh they think they are alone. And and just the fact that you listen to the, that music and you can to that song and you can relate to it and you can go like, oh okay, I get what's going on. That by itself already shows that if he maybe if he had and I'm we're talking about Chester, but it could be like anyone else. Maybe if you talk, if you just talk about what you're feeling, and sometimes all you need is someone that you can connect to, and and for that person to turn to you and say, "Hey, I get what you're going on. I understand. It is legit, but trust me, it's fine. It's all okay. You know." But people they don't do that, and then they just like go inner and inner. And they feel alone and, and they feel that loneliness. And it's so sad because maybe it's just a matter of talking, you know, of getting, getting, getting touched with the world outside. Yeah. And, and talking, and the thing is, it's a lot easier said than done when it comes to talking about this stuff, because again, I've been in that situation and trying to talk about it is it's, it's, it's hard because at times it's like when it comes to family, it's at times you might be the rock of your family. You might be just like the, the one piece that always like, oh, we don't have to worry about him. He's fine. He's always good. That kind of thing. Or it's just when you're talking with friends, because I kind of had to this too. Where it's like, okay, I'm not doing very well, but my friends are having other problems as well. And because I was always the one helping them out, it was like, okay, I'm always helping them out as well. So my stuff kind of gets blown over in a way. So you do feel like you're alone. However, when you listen to, especially, I'm just bringing it back to music. When you listen to those songs, you listen to Heavy, you listen to One More Light by Lincoln Park, you you realize that you're not, like, other people are dealing with this stuff as well. You're not alone with this. But the other thing, too, is, is there are other people out there in your life that if they know what's going on, they will do whatever it takes to help you get through it. That's the key. It's that there are that. If the people that are around you, the people that you can trust are going to be the people that want to see you do the best are going to see the people that want there be the people that want to see you, whatever is keeping you down, whatever demons you're battling, they want to help you defeat them. That's the thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But what you said is interesting too. Like if you, if you're always fine and then people just think, Oh, he's fine. He's okay. He's always fine. And then all of a sudden there's this pressure of needing to be fine, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, but the problem is that 
is, is if you believe that you need to, to, to carry this weight that, and that you are responsible for, you know, because in a way when that happens, it's like, okay, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a problem for them. So I just gonna, I just gonna handle whatever I got to handle here. And I, I don't want, because they look at me as someone, as someone who is always fine. So I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint them and bring them the bad news that maybe I'm not always fine. But this is all, it's all in your head because probably if you do, they would just go like, oh, what you need? What's going on, right? So it's, it's that thing that we, we, we kind of feed this idea in ourselves that we need to be in a certain way. But that's just an idea. That's just a thought, you know? Yeah, it's, it's a thought. And it's also some, one thing too where it's, it's hard to talk about this stuff. It's hard to try. It's, for people, it's hard to be vulnerable. And I was just thinking about this because if we're talking about this, it's, Want to want to give also a solution to like okay if it's really hard to talk about this stuff and you're afraid to talk about it and if it's somewhere it's just you're not sure how people are going to react or if you're not sure if you're going to articulate it right but say you're listening to music and say there's certain songs that really describe and really give this certain emotion of how you're feeling if you're having trouble trying to like explain to someone have them listen to that song and have them just kind of like just try and understand it because. If they listen to that song and all of a sudden they're going to start seeing things from there's they're, they're going to listen to it. They're going to really get in deep with the lyrics. They're going to try and figure out what it says and try and figure out how it feels. And they're going to connect the dots. And then all of a sudden what their focus is going to be on is they're it's say they have like, oh, they're trying to talk to you about it. Like, oh, we you know my my like my significant other and I were just kind of got into a fight or something. And like you're trying to talk to them and they're kind of like not like fully into that. All of a sudden you show them that song. What's going to happen is is. All that's going to go out the window. What they're, what the main focus is going to be on is you're going through some stuff and we're here to help because mm-hmm. you're, because trust me, the, the people that, the people that are around you, they want to see you around then not see you around. I don't know how the best way to put it. They just, it yeah. just they yeah. want to make sure that when you say you're fine, that you're, you're fine, that you're not just saying it because there's pressure. They want to make sure that you, the smile on your face is because you are happy with life and the way it is right now. Yeah. But I think, and I think it's also a problem of uh, the values of our society that it's like we th- we feel we think that we need to be always fine and and we think that we need other people to look up to us, you know, and 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 in the end of the day, you don't have to be always fine, you know, and maybe the way to true happiness is when you are you are able to go through the bad moments and face them and go through it, you know, and learn from it and, and actually realize it's, it has always been fine, but you don't, you don't need to struggle through it. You know, you don't need to take, you don't need to pretend anything. And yeah, but we, we are in a society of uh, like Instagram and this kind of shit, you know, that really, it can really depress people because they, they look to, to fake realities. Right. Yeah, and then and that's one other thing too. It's you take a look at social media. It's there's a lot of people. You see the people that have like that that perfect lifestyle. That's like, oh, I want to I want to be like that. I want to be like that. Most of the time, that's not the case. Most of the time, they're showing you a completely false oh, reality. Yeah. yeah, and and even if it's not a false reality, just a small piece of their day, like a very small, like seconds of their day, and yeah, and they. But again, and then it goes back to their belief that, that they need to show something to the world. 
Mm-hmm. So what they don't realize is that they are feeding the problem. Right? So we, so we got, we just got to cut the problem off at the head and just yeah. Ever it's everyone. It's it's okay to not be okay. I mean, yeah. MCR put out the best. I'm not okay. I promise. It's yeah, just like it, you, it's it's okay to not be okay, but always re, always if you if you're feeling not okay, just I know it's hard. I know it is. Just figure out a way to work up to telling someone you trust what's going on. But you know what is crazy? When you say it's okay not to be, let's say you are in a bad moment. And if someone, and and then you are able to say to someone, I'm not okay. And just the fact that someone like holds you and go like, it's okay not to be okay, man. What's going on? Just that movement already makes you feel better. Even if it doesn't fix the solution, but just the allowing the, ex- the acceptance and the embrace- embracing of you not being okay, just that alone, it's already helpful. The problem is that when you're in your mind thinking you were supposed to be okay, and, and that makes everything worse because you're not okay. And I was supposed to be okay, but I'm not okay. So it's like, it's like a loop, you know, that feeds the whole shit that's going on. Exactly. It's, it's, something, that we, it's something that you just... That that's the perfect starting point to if yeah. you're trying to like just feel free be open to someone because if you tell them that it's you're not okay they'll tell you it's okay to not be okay and they're gonna try and help you out through it just that simple start that can yeah. lead to so many great things yeah absolutely maybe just allowing and allowing the, the the whatever is happening to happen allowing whatever the bad feeling that is there not resisted that there's a very good saying that is what you resist persists. You know, especially when we're talking about feelings and ideas, that's, we go back to meditation because part of meditation is like, don't resist any thought, don't follow any thought, just be here now, you know, just be what you are and, and just, just stay there for a while. And it's about not resisting the bad ideas and the bad thoughts and, and the anxieties, but at the same time, not engaging with them. You know, because there is this moment when you can just not engage with the bad thoughts. Yeah, and I, I, I'm going to wrap it up with this because there's a song that just popped in my head when you brought that up too. And it's from Falling in Reverse, actually, the song Chemical Prisoner, because I've listened to it a good amount. And in the second verse, it's there's a line, there's two wolves battling inside right now. One good, the other one is evil. If you're wondering which wolf inside will succeed, it's simple. It's the one that you feed. So if it's, if it's somewhere it's, you're not okay. And that like, say that, that bad wolf is the evil wolf is, is winning with inside you. The best way to defeat that is to try and find a way to feed the good wolf. And that's just, if you start by saying, telling it, you can find someone that you're not okay. That initial start is going to end up focusing your attention more towards the positive because someone's going to be there to listen to you, to help you out. And just, just basically st- just kind of get you started on the, Kind of on the healing track in a way. Yeah, look, that was exactly what you did. You you fed the the good wolf when exactly. when you did all that all that you went through in 2017. You you fed the good wolf. That yeah, that's that. Okay, this song has new meaning to me right now. Holy yeah. shit! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was not expecting that on the podcast yeah. today, but goddamn, Theo, that worked. Yeah, you see, yeah, so, cool, man. Yeah, and Theo, we've done about an hour and 42 already, and I got to make sure I'm ready for my next one because I haven't eaten all since I started yeah. like my crazy podcast days. And and I mean, 
like we started out with this earlier, it was something where we're going to start out. We'll see what happens. And your, your fun fact about meditating led into a whole entire conversation yeah. about a mix between psychology and music. I mean, we went so deep into this. This we, was incredible. We, we, could, we could do another one, like focus on that music and psychology and, and meditation and transcending the whole shit. I mean, do, I mean, do you, do you want to do another one sometime so we could just focus on that? Yeah, let's do I'm, I'm down. Let's do it. We start from that from the beginning. Start from, dude, we could do that. would be like a three hour episode. <laughs> Probably. Maybe we'd have to make like part two and three. I'd be totally down for that. Cause this wasn't, this was intense. I might have to start meditating too. So that we can bring, I can bring some more okay, of that. So to the table if, well. if you do check it out, there is this guy on YouTube. His name's Muji. M O O J I. Make sure. M O O J I Muji. Got it. And if, if you put Muji guided meditation on YouTube, you're going to have like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour. It like you have a bunch. So just try that. I'll have to give, I mean, to give it a shot. Cool. Oh man. Yikes. This was, I'm going to have to try that. And then, yeah. So how about, how about this? Cause I'm not sure when everything will start happening, but how about maybe towards the, like later this year, like towards the end of this year or beginning of next year, we no. jump. We jump back on the podcast and we just talk all that music psychology stuff and we really even go further deep into it than we did today. I'm down. Let's go. Let's go down the rabbit hole. Alrighty. Awesome. I will make sure to stay in contact with you probably pers- more personally on this one than just yeah. going through good old Timmy. For sure. Let's do it. I'll just, I'll just, um, so pretty much after this, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. So once we get, okay. once we stop, once we get off this, so. Before we get, uh, before we send you off on your merry way for the rest of the, well, the evening, I would say, because it's yeah. later by you. Uh, any last things you want to say before we sign off? Yeah, just that we are releasing uh, two more EPs this year. Uh, actually, we're supposed to release the full album, but uh, what we decided to do because of the COVID, we just sliced in three EPs and we are releasing another one in November and another one in March next year. Uh the whole thing was recorded at 606 Studio, the Foo Fighters uh, headquarters in LA. And yeah, just check it out. Look for it. We are super happy with the results and we can't wait to tour the US. Awesome. Can't wait to see you guys over here in the US so that we can, well, so I can see you live and then we just enjoy the hell out of that show. Um, for everyone listening, when it comes to finding stuff for Ego Kill Talent, whether it's socials, where to stream their music, whether, where their website is, where to buy their merch, look at the description of the YouTube video or the description of the podcast on Spotify Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, because all the links are going to be there. It's a one-stop shop, so you guys don't have any excuse to not follow Ego Kill Talent because, come on. After after this, I mean, you listen to the music, you're going to feel that way, especially listen to some of the songs. You're going to be able to relate to some of these, trust me. Like The Call, ooh, good song yeah. right there. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome and yeah, check it out. oh, definitely, guys, check it out. And then Theo, because well, now we got a plan to do another one of these podcasts, but really dive into deep in with music and psychology. And then when twenty twenty one comes, hopefully, you guys are touring the U.S. And if you guys come around Wisconsin, I got one question for you: Do you like beer? Yeah. Oh man. All right. Yeah. Let me go. Let me go to my list because I've got a list here for a specific reason, and I call it my list that says. First round on me. Oh, oh okay, cool. I hear, look at this. I, yes. That was like our podcast. Yeah, so, yeah. So, when you, that first time I see you guys, again, first round's on me. Okay. Already awesome, Theo, because like we have those plans already. This is not a goodbye. So, I'm going to end this podcast with a uh, see you later. See you later.
Whoa, 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 folks, that was my interview with Theo of the band Ego Kill Talent. And is he come back in the podcast? We can go even deeper into music psychology. Oh, hell yeah. So again, if you guys are going through any sort of problem, remember, it's okay not to be okay. And I know it's tough, but please, 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 if you need help, just reach out to someone that you care about and someone that you know cares about you and just that you trust and tell them that you're not okay. Because that person's going to say it's okay not to be okay and will do whatever they can to help you be okay. And it's a good feeling, guys. Trust us. And I hope you guys like this because I'm definitely bringing Theo back on so we can go even deeper into this kind of a concept. Most likely end of this year, beginning of the next year, we've already – I got his information down. Yes, they are on the first rounds on me list and I am keeping with that. So – that's going to be for me today, guys. Thank you guys for watching and listening to the Core Progression Podcast. Right MSOTD rocks or rock and metal thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes of the Big Healthy and Hearty. See ya! Yeah!